This podcast episode is a bit different today. I'm going to read you an article that I cut out of a newspaper over 30 years ago, and I've carried it around with me ever since. I've hung it on several of my vision boards, I've had it taped to my bedroom mirror, and now I've got it hung on my bulletin board in my office. This article has been my reminder, kind of like my guiding light. I was looking at it the other day and I thought, if it's helped me all these years, then it could possibly help someone else too. Anyway, I'm going to read it to you today and I hope you find value in the words and the message. Well, hey there, this is Denise, and this is the Salon Ownership Made Easy podcast for salon owners who are searching for simple solutions to their everyday challenges. I've owned several six and seven figure award-winning salons in my 30-year career. With so many changes happening in our industry these days, it seems like salon owners need a shoulder, a hug, and a big dose of reality. Think about it. We didn't learn how to be successful salon owners in beauty school. So why don't you let me share what has worked and what hasn't worked for me over the years. You do have what it takes to be amazingly successful. So let's do this. I'm excited you're here. If you're a salon owner and you want to make 2023 your best year ever, you want to make sure you get signed up to be on our waiting list for our brand new course, Know Better, Do Better, your entire roadmap for salon success. It includes best interview practices, onboarding, how to develop your values and culture, how to train your front desk, taking the fear out of selling retail, knowing your numbers so you can make a profit, how to coach your team to success, and so much more. Just head over to the littlethingspodcast.com forward slash sign me up and you'll be on the waiting list. You'll be one of the first to know when it goes live. This article was originally published in 1986 in Irma Bombeck's column. A lot of you are way too young to even know who she is. So to help you out, I got this from Wikipedia. Irma Bombeck achieved great popularity for her newspaper humor column describing suburban home life syndicated from 1965 to 1996. She also published 15 books, most of which became bestsellers. Between 1965 and April 17, 1996, five days before her death, Bombeck wrote over 4,000 newspaper columns using broad and sometimes eloquent humor Chronicling, hello, chronicling, chronicle. how come I can't say that? The Ordinary Life of a Midwestern Suburban Housewife. By the 1970s, her columns were read semi-weekly by 30 million readers of the 900 newspapers in the U.S. and Canada. Her work stands as a humorous chronicle of middle-class life in America after World War II among the generation of parents who produced the baby boomers. Wow. Yeah. So this was a time when people actually read newspapers. And yes, I'm really that old. And did I mention I grew up in Kansas in a really small town, raised by a single parent, working two jobs just to provide for her three girls. So that might explain why this article was so powerful to me then. And it still is today. Anyway, here it goes. Following a dream has a price, so does not following it. When I slid open the envelope, a photocopy of a check for $5 fell out. The note with it was simple and direct. 
I made this from my poem titled Youth. Thanks for encouraging me. Five bucks. What can you buy with five dollars these days? A pint of designer ice cream? One rose? A home furnishings magazine? A pair of pantyhose? Four gallons of gas? If you're Sarah, who lives in Louisiana, it can buy euphoria with side orders of pride, hope, self-esteem, and the discovery that someone was willing to put a price on her talent. There are a lot of Sarahs out there, women who keep their dreams in a private little box hidden from the rest of the world. Occasionally, they take the lid off and look at it just to know it's still there and then get on with their business of living. It takes a lot of courage to show your dream to others. They might laugh. They might not understand. Worse, they might take it out of the box and drop it. And where would you get another one? Dreams are fragile. Some people in desperation give up on dreams. They clean house one day and decide, this is ridiculous. I'm acting like a small child who refuses to give up a favorite toy. So they toss out the contents of the box, the short story, the idea for a business, the college degree, the job they would like to have, the child they want, the trip they would love to take. Then there are a few, like Sarah, who are willing to take a risk. They take the dream out of the box put it on and start living it. They lay bare their ego to discover if they are equal to the dream or if they are equal only to the fantasy. Dreams have only one owner at a time. That's why dreamers are lonely. No one can help them with the struggle. No one can ease the pain of failure. There are some things they just have to do themselves. Winning is not what they're all about. Neither are the rewards. What is special about them is that they're dreamers who'd put it all on the line. They had the courage to admit that what they wanted was just beyond their reach. But if they wanted it badly enough, anything was possible. They gambled, and for the risk, they were all rewarded with a legacy for others to follow. For some, it was a trail that was blazed, an attitude that was changed, a place in history, a thought, a life that was touched. That's the difference between them and those who never take the dreams out of the box. They leave nothing. Isn't that powerful? Wow. I hope you found value in this article. You see, being a salon owner or or any entrepreneur takes guts and grit. And some people don't understand that. Or they don't want the headache. You know, it's easier to punch a clock or be told what is expected of them. I always found that being a salon owner was a bit lonely. And some people called me crazy because I had lots of expectations for my team and my salon. And I wanted to be different and better than any other salon that I'd ever been to. And there were days that I just needed support or confidence or just a a kick in the butt, if you know what I mean, because it was hard and I didn't know where to turn. And really, that's why I do this podcast, to help other salon owners not only navigate their way to find crazy success, but I want to be a resource of support and guidance too, so you don't give up on your dream. If you'd like a copy of this article so you can hang it on your bulletin board as a gentle reminder to never give up on your dream, just DM me. I'd love to send you a copy. And if you're a salon owner and need some guidance with one-on-ones, go over to the little things podcast.com slash one-on-one 
and sign up for our free PDF, The Must-Have Questions for Successful One-on-Ones. If you found value in this podcast episode, will you share it with your salon owner friends? Tell them to follow the show so they don't miss an episode. And remember, let us know if there is a challenge that you're having as a salon owner. We'll help you find a solution. Take care until next time. Hey there, thanks so much for listening to the Salon Ownership Made Easy podcast today. Would you do us a favor? If you got value out of this week's episode, will you share it with your friends? And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a review. That way, more business owners like yourself will find us and we can help them with the challenges they may be facing too. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Take care.